So we've seen from our example on the computer with Newton and Leibniz on the roof that a limit is a value that the outputs of a function are approaching as the inputs of the function are approaching some number. So let's make that a little more clear. This is an example from your book. f of x equals x squared minus 9 over x minus 3. You'll notice it's very similar to the example we just did with Newton and Leibniz. If we want to evaluate the limit as x approaches 3, of f of x, which in this case is x squared minus 9 over x minus 3, what we're really asking is what value is y approaching as x approaches 3? So, and when we say x approaches 3, we mean from each side of 3. Just like we did on the table where we took values like, I'm going to blow this up a little bit, but 2.9 and then 2.99 and 2.999 until we got closer to 3 from this side. So from values a little less than 3. And then from the other side of the table, we looked at 3.01. 3.001 until we got closer and closer to 3 from this side. And so we actually say from the right side, those are values a little bigger than 3, and from the left side, values a little less than 3. So this picture right here is what we mean by x approaches 3. And that's why also we've got it color coded here x goes to 3. On the x axis, you're approaching 3 from the left and from the right. Now, when we say what value is y approaching, now it doesn't have to be y, it could be, you know, k equals this function, but we usually use y for our our dependent variable and we often use x for our independent variable, so that's why I'm saying x and y here. So what value is your output of the function, in this case y, approaching as x approaches 3? Now, with the function x squared minus 9 over x minus 3, it's another example very similar to what we just did with Newton and Leibniz on the roof. Because if you just try to plug in the value of x equals 3 into here, you're going to get, can you see, 3 squared minus 9, 0 over 3 minus 3, 0. So this is one of these functions that has a problem, right? A disaster, a potential disaster right here at x equals 3. And remember, dividing by 0 is always considered a mathematical disaster, so it kind of works. We have this hole here that someone could fall through if they were walking on the roof toward it. So the question is, with Newton and Leibniz, the question was how far would they fall if they fell through the hole? And that's related to this measurement right here. 6 is 6 units up. And so somebody right here would fall six units. And so we're really talking about the value on the y-axis. That's where you find the limit of the function. The value on the y-axis here is six. And that's the value that this function is approaching on either side of three. So when we look at the table for a function like this, and by the way, there's one in your book already you can look at, the table for this shows that the outputs of the function 
as you approach from values a little more than three, are approaching six. And the outputs of the function, as the inputs are a little less than three, but approaching three, these values are approaching six from underneath. And so six is the limit of the function as x approaches three. And we see this from the graph. We also see it from the table. And in a minute, we'll look at it again algebraically. But it looks to me like this indeterminate form that we got by substituting in 3 for x really would better be represented by the limit of 6. That's the value that the y values of the function are approaching. The y value that the function is approaching as the x values approach 3 from either side. So let's talk now about how we would get that 6 algebraically. Do you remember how we did it in uh, the Newton and Leibniz example? We had the function x squared minus 9 over x minus 3. And we have the limit as x approaches 3 of this. And when we tried direct substitution, we saw that we would get 0 over 0. Direct substitution is just a fancy name for saying plugging in 3 for x. So when you try to plug in 3 for x, we call that direct substitution. Substitution. We have a problem because we're going to be dividing by 0. And not only that, but we also have 0 on top. So we have that indeterminate form that we talked about when we were looking at derivatives as well. So we have an indeterminate form, which means we need to do more to determine what the limit is, if it exists. And it might not exist. But if it does, we're going to have to do some more work to find out what it is. So do you remember what we did? Even if you don't remember what we did with Newton and Leibniz, you can look at this function, and you can see there's something screaming at you from the numerator, x squared minus 9. We're probably, after years and years of algebra, difference of two squares. My algebra used to, teacher used to say that the difference of two squares is when he and his colleague used to have a fight. But um, that always helped me remember it from eighth grade until now. I never forgot that one. So the difference of two squares, x squared minus 9, you can factor that. And then you'll notice this is where the 0 over 0 is coming from. When x is 3, you have 0 over 0. And so that's where the indeterminate part is coming from. Now the thing about limits is, just like with when we were using the derivative, h goes to 0 but is not equal to 0. Because x is approaching 3 but does not necessarily have to equal 3 in order to determine the limit, we can say then that x minus 3 over x minus 3 is equal to 1, right? Because as long as it's not 0 over 0, as long as x is slightly different from 3, then these two, these two expressions will be the same. And when you divide them by themselves, you'll get 1. So that's why we're able to say that these limits are the same. And you remember with Newton and Leibniz, we come up with a function that behaves exactly the same as the original function, except at x equals 3. So everywhere except when x equals 3, the x plus 3 function would look exactly the same as the x squared minus 9 over x minus 3 function did. That We did that with the linear function looking the same as what we would 
think would look, normally we would expect this to look very different. We wouldn't expect this to be linear. The reason the graph looks like this is because it's accepted x equals 3, where we have a domain problem, x should not equal 3 or we'd be dividing by 0, except there, that function is exactly the same as the function y equals x plus 3. So these two functions are really the same, except for at x equals 3 itself. And that's why, since we don't want x to equal 3, we just want it to get infinitesimally close to it, we are able to use this other function, y equals x plus 3, instead to evaluate the limit. Now we can actually use direct substitution. That's my shortcut, my shorthand for direct substitution. Substitution. When we plug in 3 for x, we get the value that the graph shows us and also that the table in the book shows us. y values are approaching 6 as x values approach 3 for the function x squared minus 9 over x minus 3. So here we found three ways to look at a limit. We've looked at the graph, we've looked at it algebraically, and I'm kind of cheating here. If you look in your book, you'll see the table, and that's the third way to look at the function and to look at its limit as x approaches 3.